Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Hot Takes. I'm your Lodge Master. With me as always is Brother Bishki. Doing great. Brother Lucas is on the line. Greetings and salutations. And tonight, a very special guest, a longtime listener, an even longer time dear friend, we have Grandma's Neighbor on the cast. Hi, everybody. What's up, Grandma's Neighbor? How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. What's up, Grandma's neighbor? You are numerous time zones away from us, so we we very much thank you for uh, joining us tonight on Spaceship Earth. Thank you for having me on board. So we don't really do documentaries that often unless they are, shall we say, extremely political in nature. Yeah, I think we've only done three, and they've all been political. Whether it be uh, Dinesh on the Dinesh D'Souza side or the Michael Moore side, but... This one is a little different. The action takes place in the early 90s, 91, 92 era. And I have to say, this is fast becoming my favorite retro time period. Like, there's mm-hmm. something about it that's really, I don't know, it's like a fine wine. It's It blossoms with time, and it's really showing its notes at this point. Yeah. Grandma's neighbor, what, do you, what are your feelings in general on that? that time period the early 90s i I have pretty good feelings about it um i think part of watching media about that time period it's maybe because it's we have actual memories from that time to reflect on so that might help yeah there was a lot of hope too Mm -hmm. just a lot of optimism i remember earth day being at its peak about 91 yeah i was Mm -hmm. so into earth day i had like a (laughs) I had like a book, like 50 ways to save the earth. And like my mom was like recycling and it was a great time for the earth. Captain Planet was around. Yes, Captain Planet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How far we have fallen. But tonight's movie, Spaceship Earth, concerns a group of people that took it upon themselves to create a biosphere enclosed with all sorts of different plants and animals and regions. (laughs) And the idea was that they were going to sequester themselves within this biodome of sorts for two years. It's an airlock. It's its own atmosphere. No, it's supposed to be no oxygen in, no oxygen out. And the idea is to create a sustainable living space that you could take to the moon or take to Mars because yeah. that was inevitable, which it still is. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very, very timely on a lot of fronts, which we'll get to. But I, I just want to start by saying with documentaries, I've often said if you have enough footage, like comprehensive footage of anything, even yeah. if you have like eight hours of paint drying from like 10 different angles, you can make a documentary out of it that can be mildly compelling if you have enough coverage of any subject. But if you have enough coverage of something that's actually amazing like this, it's so beautiful. So tasty. It's so tasty. And it, it reminded me of like the Source family. Mm-hmm. which is another great one where there is someone within the ranks of the group, of the cult, of the collective 
that is a filmographer or a videographer, some sort of, you know, yeah. some sort of record keeper. And this yeah. movie has that. Yeah, I was I was thinking of the Source family too because they just had like a 16 millimeter documentarian on board and they have so much good footage. And with this one, it starts way back in the 60s with this group and they were documenting on 16 millimeter with the black and white and color and it just looks great throughout. It's just beautiful. Yeah. It's just beautiful footage. Now, Grandma's Neighbor, did you have any sort of pre-existing knowledge of this collective that eventually put on this project? I did. I've known about them probably since the 90s because I, I, I actually do remember some of the the news stuff. Right. Not, not specifics, but I remember it being on the news and then uh, more recently just out of my personal curiosity and then some <laughs> right. friends of mine um, who actually curated kind of, it's almost interesting. It's almost like what the group themselves did or probably still do, mm-hmm. um, curated like an exhibition around it and actually um, was able to get Mark Nelson to come and, and do like a talk. Oh, wow. So, so oh, wow. I, so, yeah, I got to meet him. And he's, yeah, he's just like kind of what you see on screen. He's still, <laughs> he's still into it. He was one of the guys who went in? Uh, yeah. He's the guy that had like the white hair. Okay. I mean, everybody involved in this group, tangentially or, you know, True Blue from the beginning, they are in it to win it. It is cult-like, like the things that they do. They build a ranch initially, and they work the land, and yeah. you see that, and you're, you're, you're kind of like, I, I said it out loud while I was watching it, I'm like, all right, when's the weird sex stuff going to screw all this <laughs> up? But the guy leading the cult, or the group, as I should say, who is known by various other names, but the one that struck me was Johnny Dolphin. <laughs> the man that, that was leading the group, everybody is like, yeah, we had a relationship, but it was pretty platonic. You know, like sex wasn't the first thing on his mind. Yeah. <laughs> it was or togetherness drugs. or drugs. They claim to have not done drugs, which... I mean, Question come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they work the land on a ranch. They get done with that. It's working great. And then they move on. Well, like they created says, a, a geodesic dome based on Buckminster yes. Fuller, which was beautiful, I mean, at the time. And then John Allen, who, Johnny Dolphin, is like, yes. let's move on. And, and They're they, moving on. And they built a giant ship called the Heraclitus. And this section i had a lot of questions about crazy (laughs) a sea a seafaring ship yeah very herzogian they went to build a giant boat for and sailed around the world for years and i was like what "What?" (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot and and they're like yeah we had a and we had a great time it's like wait what (laughs) how how do you build a ship sail around the world for years and you didn't you didn't fuck it up yeah, <laughs> you yeah. didn't tear each other apart. No, that's a whole documentary there, but we had to get to the biosphere, so I, I understand. That yes. but, yeah, but for that whole section of them, like, building the ship, they never, ever explain how they finance this, you know? So you're just, like, waiting yes. for it. You're like, what creepy, yeah, yes. yeah. like, shit, do they brainwash people to, like, give them money? And then they're like, well, we started businesses. Like, we just... We're very enterprising, and they're still not yes. answering the question. And you're like, wait, I still don't get it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this guy, Ed Bass, he was like a billionaire son. It's like, oh, of course. Oh, like, yeah, of yeah. course, it's the billionaire heir, heiress that's like bankrolling the whole thing. And I thought Ed Bass 
looked like Scorpio from the Dirty Harry movie, Magnum Force. Yes. Like he yes. looked like an evil villain guy that like was up to no good. And I thought John Allen, you know, Johnny Dolphin, I thought he was like this, this like cliche out of central casting of like an Ayn Rand, John Galt novel. Like he just looked yeah. like such a fucking asshole. <laughs> but for all, for all intents and purposes, he wasn't, but. That's the documentary's assertion. So I I just want to insert really quickly. I think to kind of answer your question, Matt, is um, I think the reason why this particular group worked is that um, they kind of kept it very VIP. They weren't really about like yeah. recruiting or getting bigger or spreading mm-hmm, their ideas. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is I think a lot of these commune type situations like in those decades failed because they didn't have well first of all they didn't have like the financial support and right. secondly beyond just the financial support it's almost like because there was somebody at the top it, that was financing it it creates stability versus like right. if everyone's just like oh like i had to give up my job to, to build money. build this geodesic dome now you <laughs> yeah, owe me yeah. you know <laughs> that's a good point when i heard they were working 24-hour shifts i was like oh no this is going bad but they, but at least they got <laughs> them that's the, like sea org that's like that's like scientology i, I thought the boat was gonna shit. sink yeah. for sure i was like how do they know it's gonna be <laughs> seaworthy when none of them are like shipbuilders that maiden voyage looked treacherous scary as hell yeah <laughs> And they could have made a whole but documentary when, on that boat just sailing the world. Yeah, definitely. They could have. When they revealed the billionaire benefactor, the hilarious, ironic twist in this whole thing is that he is an oil billionaire. And these people are the most ecologically forward folks that you will ever meet on the planet. Yeah. And they are being funded by oil interests. Yeah. He's like son of a <laughs> son, of an, son of an oil tycoon. Yeah. But he's savvy. It's kind of like what um, like all the oil companies do now. Like they do invest in uh, renewables. They diversify. But, but just yeah. in their own ways. Yeah. Yeah. So all of this is leading us to spaceship Earth. What was it called? Uh, bio Bios- Biosphere Two. Biosphere Two, and they're like, we called it Biosphere Two because we wanted people to ask what Biosphere One was. Biosphere One is the Earth. <laughs> I'm just like, hell yeah, that sounds about right. I do love that they were inspired by the movie Silent Running. I don't know if anyone. I I, I've yes. seen, I saw this at the New Beverly pretty recently, and. Uh, it's a pretty boring, like, environmentalist <laughs> movie. Hold your tongue. <laughs> Grandma's neighbor and I would watch that all the time in college. That was always on in our apartment. Bruce Stern is a joy, of course. but Of course. But they mentioned Silent Running. They don't mention Biodome, the Polly Shore film, mm. which came after this experiment. Yeah, yes. did, did they rent out the Biosphere 2 to the Biodome <laughs> production? Because I, I saw at the end credits, the epilogue said they sold it or like made it like available in 1996 to to private you know whatever that would be amazing yeah we got to watch biodome soon i tried watching biodome but i couldn't do it <laughs> if they if they allow poly shore into that area it's contaminated like you can't do any more science there <laughs> it's finished but they talk about silent running uh, they talk. They talk about getting this team together, and they're so excited. They're, they say it's it's science fiction without the fiction, which is great. And they have tryouts 
which is amazing. Which you could do a whole documentary on the tryouts to get into the biosphere. It's basically like a episode of Barry, like acting exercises and like whatever, <laughs> yes. whatever individual candidate is like in the running to try to become like a selected biosphere two member basically is like going against the grain of whatever the acting exercise is. Cause Johnny Dolphin yes. was like, I wasn't looking for followers. I was looking for people that were breaking the script and like doing their own thing, which basically means like the most crazy. And they interviewed yes. this one guy who's like, my name's laser. They call me that because I like to be in the middle of all the action. <laughs> and he looks like a total like flunky, like parking lot high school loser. But apparently he can fix anything and is like the main glue, like holding their livelihood together when they're like inside the biosphere, too. Now, during the tryouts, like I said, there could be a salacious documentary just made out of that, too, because they shave down 15 people to eight, the final eight that are going in. And of those eight, there are two couples. That means the two sets of two hooked up during this intense training situation, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. So I would think that they would not allow that. Like, yeah, like, it seems dangerous. You you... <laughs> but anyway, the thing you have to remember is that these people are all deeply people of science, you know, so they are there first and foremost to learn. And that's where this movie kind of sets itself apart. It's like the science of it was always top on the uh, the priority list. Yeah. And, you know, they were really trying to do something. This wasn't just a stunt, although some people would say that it was. When you get to the 80s and you get to cults and it gets kind of weird, like I was thinking a lot of Wild Wild Country. Yes. Another show that has all the footage you could ever possibly yeah. want. And they're all wearing red for a period during the movie. Oh, uh, my, my favorite moment in the entire documentary was the old golden age of Hollywood, like very like, like heavy smoker wardrobe stylist consultant, like old man, like picture William Holden in like network. He's like, yeah, this is, this is your costume. It's red because you know, they're going to be out in the desert against the beige sky. And that's that. It's so good. That's that. He's like out, shows of, him, out of good shows him jogging around in it. Yeah. In the costumes. The whole milieu invites a media circus and that's what happens. And that's where problems develop and where they're like skeptical that these guys are scientists and all that stuff. Right. I have to summon a salad dragon cameo dragon right now. Yes. The Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. Now, this will be the first Salad Dragon cameo. And what it is, is that they're shooting a promotional video for biosphere two and there's a lot of celebrities that are sniffing around it because you know the earth was real trendy back in the 90s <laughs> but this particular video is hosted by none other than the golden girl's own blanche rue mcclanahan <laughs> who shows up out of nowhere talking about the biosphere oh my god what a warm fuzzy blanket she was to just yeah. show up in the middle of all this science and then she had like out outtakes and yeah she was a total pro how did she get involved in this she was great 
And then I'm going to piggyback another dragon onto that cameo dragon, if it pleases the court. Sure. Double dragon. This is when the eight people, the eight uh, bionauts, finally enter the biosphere. And it's a big media event. They go in and they try to shut the door <laughs> and the door doesn't shut. And they are just, it's its that beautiful moment of like all cameras are rolling, all eyes are on us. This, they start having this flop sweat moment where they're, they're jerking on it. They're shutting it. It almost the, didn't look like it was designed right. Like it was impossible to close. <laughs> and I was so like, amazing. oh, could you imagine if they didn't get the door right? Oh my God, it was so beautiful. And the woman on the inside is like, you have to let me pull it first or else it's not going to shut. <laughs> and all the cameras are just filming. It's just such a good, like, ominous way to start things off. And then and then the best part of it, when they finally do get it shut after just a wacky amount of time, the camera slowly pans over to the billionaire benefactor smiling uneasily. <laughs> yeah, it's cringeworthy. But Grandma's Neighbor, did you remember anything specifically that happened? Did you think this was going to turn into a horror film or what did you think? During the documentary, I kind of I kind of knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. It was just really more interesting to see the actual footage. Because I, I guess a lot because of Because footage... they, were, they were taping the whole time in there. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of it, yeah. I really like the part because I guess it was the medical officer, Roy, who was filming. Yes. I like the part when he was filming and one of the women were like, you got to help us. You got to help us do this now. <laughs> you just can't film. You got to help us shovel this shit. Come over we here. We need you on this but crew. Yes. We need you on this crew. Why aren't you on this crew? The doctor that they have in there is bald he looks like jeff bezos in like five years he's bald and he's like obsessed with like having no body fat whatsoever yeah. and like living to 120 low calorie diet low calorie diet to 120 years and there's yeah. just random shots of him like vigorously working out by himself like almost with like a sexual frenzy yeah, like swimming, yes. swimming in the ocean. Yeah, he is the main videographer in the biosphere. So you see him just filming himself in a mirror, just flexing, just like flexing for the camera. <laughs> it's so creepy. So I'm just like, when's that guy going to crack? Because we haven't seen yeah. any interviews from him. So I'm like, he must be dead. Yeah. Spoiler well, like, alert, he was. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I like the main issue, and I, I didn't quite figure this out until they got in the biosphere, but that John Allen, the, the mastermind was not in there with him. I don't know why I didn't, right. I didn't, I didn't figure it out. But once I realized he was not in there, I was like, they're going to be in trouble because they need their leader <laughs> to be in there with him to boost morale. Right. You'd at least think there'd be like some sort of big brother, like speech from him every day to keep him on track. But yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we we see them start to start to work the land in the in the biosphere and things are going well and then there are issues with the air and the the carbon dioxide levels shit gets fucked up yeah <laughs> they talk about like not being able to breathe properly and like having to stop and take multiple breaths after taking like two steps then it starts to get to be a controversy on the outside about are, are they gonna pump oxygen in and is that gonna corrupt the science of it all and one of the women's hands 
accidentally goes into a grain slicer, Oof. slices off the tip of one of her fingers. So she has to go out and she ends up bringing some stuff back in. So they're like, what? Where's the where's the control over this? You know, <laughs> like, what kind of science is this? And it turns out she just like brought some clean shirts in. It's like, what? Come on. She probably brought I, some I, drugs. I in was there. I was uh, worried the way they set it up because they were like, we were going to let her go out. I was going to be with her. I was going to make sure like she didn't eat anything. She brought back two duffel bags, just two bags. And I was thinking like, oh, my God, the bags had like termites or roaches that like, you know, like tainted the ecosystem and like brought the whole thing crashing down. But no, it was it it was just like a random detour. Yeah, I, I could feel the documentary trying to create any drama it could. Like I could feel the desire to really make the most out of these moments, you know? Yeah. Well, part of the problem I had once they got into the thing is that they didn't have interviews of the people at the time inside the right. biodome. Like they should have been taking diary. That would have been, been absolutely golden, but I still was fascinated um, just watching them and then hearing them talk, you know, in retrospect. But Can I summon another salad dragon too? Now that I think about it. Yes. Go for it. This is a great moment in the documentary that's never explained. They show us that, you know, because they got so many looky-loos and people, you know, gawking, they they started charging for guided walking tours around the <laughs> exterior of the Biosphere 2. And the salad yeah. dragon scene is a random shot that they don't even address where the people visiting, like, outside looking in randomly see Roy the doctor like mud wrestling, like another dude, like shirtless, like they are straight up, like, <laughs> it's like flipping each other and like fighting and it's all playful and for fun. But it's like, do they do that every day? Do they just do it that one time? Like, do they I, schedule like, mud like wrestling? I need, I, I need to, I need more information. And number two, through the entire thing, like even out, like in the beginning when they were like working on the farm and living in the bus or like building the, the Herculean <laughs> ship, they never really showed you where everyone slept. Like I kept wondering, like, what yeah. are their bedrooms like? Like, what are their sleeping quarters yes. like? Because, you know, in Tiger King, when you see like, you know, Joe Exotic's bedroom and his bathroom, it tells you it's a, important. It, it tells you a lot. Like it tells you a lot. <laughs> show me the bathroom of a man and you will show me his character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh it's during this oxygen suite where they're running out of oxygen. <laughs> That this weirdo doctor starts doing diet research on them. He starts experimenting with everybody's calorie intake. And they show a nice, like, animated graph that shows all their weights just plummeting. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a just, there's a despair montage. They're like, winter hit, and we weren't ready for that. So we see all, like, this lush green stuff that we're used to just die. Turning, like, turning brown and everybody's pissed and yelling at each other they're starving themselves depleting their brains of oxygen and like half of them aren't getting laid (laughs) exactly (laughs) half of them and a beautiful part is when they do decide to pump in pure uncut (laughs) oxygen and everybody suddenly springs to life and becomes like childlike giddy and starts running around it's like it's amazing what oxygen can do for a person i thought (laughs) i thought very tellingly it was like a microcosmic example of the world at large of where we are today and because like in 2020 we've 
depleted our ozone layer and like we're getting less oxygen because there's less trees like it's making all of yeah. us protest like against staying at home or whatever and it's like oh man there's a direct correlation to this i'm sure i read up on it psychologically like they're pretty sure the oxygen levels were definitely causing them to go a little loony you can apply this microcosm directly to what we're dealing with now even more so when the salad dragon cameo number two shows up oh, yeah. toward the end <laughs> This is the one. Grandma's neighbor, please describe to us this salad dragon. Yeah, this was the dragon for me. Uh, kind of a literal <laughs> dragon when they yes. when they mentioned uh, Steve Bannon, and then I thought for a second oh. maybe it could, you know, because it it could be another Steve Bannon, but no, it's it's, it's the, different Steve. It's the same timeline, Steve Bannon that that exists oh, in our my timeline. God. <laughs> You see Steve Bannon show up and he, of course, is interested in taking the thing over and he becomes the CEO because he knows how to speak billionaire and all of the documents and all of the research suddenly goes missing. It's just my favorite part was that secret recording they have of Bannon because it's just a perfect, oh. like, perfect, like he's the asshole he's always been. It's just exactly how he sounds, you know, when he's freaking out on people in the present day and he's talking about just basically owning the former you know johnny dolphin he's like let him know i'm the one that kicked his ass <laughs> it's like oh jesus dude and everybody in this you know is saying the exact same things that they said in 2015 2016 2017 they're like he is very smart and he most definitely knows better, but he chooses to go to the dark side. I feel that lady yeah. was in love with him. I think she had like a crush on him or like an affair Maybe or something. She did. I think she had an affair with him because she was really emotional and like didn't <laughs> want to talk about it. And, uh, and there was a photo of them together side by yeah. side. And like I could see yeah. her being attracted to him when he was more cleaned up. Yeah, he looked better back then. He's the ultimate bad boy. So it's pretty tough when they when they land this ship and you realize, oh, my God, we're living through right now almost exactly what they were going through back then. Like <laughs> <laughs> the world, the world's being fucking ruined. They're, they're like it's innovation being forced out in favor of short term profit and greed. Yeah. And it's ruining the world in the process. Profit and loss. Yeah. Biosphere one going down. Yeah. So maybe Polly Shore can save us. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but we are far from the ideals of the Bionauts. Yeah. Does anybody have any other items about the content before we talk about the filmmaking? Yeah, there was one thing I noted, which was everyone in the group, in the Synergist group, had like a nickname like yeah john malone yeah was like johnny dolphin and there was johnny dolphin salty freddy flash was the photographer horse shit <laughs> and firefly and what's funny Those though is yeah but what's funny is when they got to ed bass their bankroller benefactor he had no nickname right and i was He's like ed bass. I, I was like how do you not give him a nickname like mm -hmm. bass man or something <laughs> Con uh, content wise i wish they had i don't think they went over how they actually met ed bass like how he got right. in the fold and then the other thing is the biosphere itself like the structure is so interesting i wish they had done yeah a little more about like the facility you know like all those pipes and like 
what the guy what laser yeah. was actually fixing in there yeah exactly like how the fuck did they make that we yeah. don't know <laughs> we just see time lapse of it going up and we're like holy shit they're really doing it yeah it was like where, where where'd you go bernadette <laughs> where'd you go blueprints like yeah. what what do you how are you guys doing this this seems like there's so much left out yeah it could have been a mini series like it could have been longer and wouldn't have why suffered, wasn't it a mini series and wouldn't have like, suffered it, from it yeah think about all the stuff that that was left on the floor but i guess too maybe they had a lot of cooperation from the people that were there and maybe they to allow their cooperation were like you ain't gonna talk about this you ain't gonna talk about mm -hmm. the time that i had that boozy weekend in tijuana with steve bannon you're not gonna <laughs> talk about any of this like i don't know what the politics are there but yeah mm -hmm. and there was there's a, more of a when, story yeah when i read up on it there was another voyage during the bannon years of people going in for like six months and then they got there's a whole another documentary in that really like, yeah okay <laughs> yeah much, read up much more read more first <laughs> yeah read <laughs> read more there might be spaceship earth too but we'll see all right well let's go to them bio bones I uh, found it very enjoyable. Yeah, I liked the first half when uh, they were building the ship because I was just like, wow. <laughs> um, this kind of puts everything else to, like, shame. But, yeah, I wish there was more conflict. You're right. I feel like because they were working with the um, living descendants who are still active, I might add. Um, yeah. Kind of, and they still hang out together all the time. Yeah, kind of made it like you had to pull your punches a bit. So it wasn't as riveting or as like shocking as I would have hoped, especially once they get in the um, the biosphere too. And there was even one woman where she was like, I didn't want to leave. Like I actually told them like I'd be willing to stay. And I was just like, wow, like what – is that all about? But I mean, there's a lot of stiff competition with these culty documentaries, I feel. Um, and I would probably recommend like Wild Wild Country or something a little more uh, engaging than this. So I give it two bones. This is a solid two bone doc for me. Two bones from LT. Grandma's neighbor, lay it down. I thought, let me see. I'm just reviewing the bone policy. Yes, please. Yeah, I think for me it would probably be three bones because I probably would recommend this to family members. Um, I thought, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Hey, but listen, listen, listen. <laughs> That's the Old Testament. You don't need oh. you don't need to bring the family into this. It's very <laughs> controversial. New Testament is a lot more lax oh, okay. on what's three. It's not what's personal. Three it's just business, huh? Yeah, just business. Exactly. So you're saying three bones. Yeah, well, I think the film did its job, and I think it's mm -hmm. I think it's mainly designed to get people who might not have known about this experiment like interested in yes. it, just even checking it out. It's a primer. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't go too hard. I feel like which which I think is good on like the ecological side, and it didn't. Right. I don't think it like went too hard in like damning anybody specifically either. And it's it's, right. kind of, it's almost like an introductory course on like what these people were doing. So I think I think yes. it did a fine job of that. I still do wish they had uh, explained some of the things. Like there were definitely holes, you know, like you you mentioned gaps. Yeah. Three bones from Grandma's neighbor. Grandma's neighbor is a uh, is a bit more generous than LT. But Brother but that's Bishke. based on the that's based on the Old Testament. <laughs> that's Old Testament. That's fire and brimbone. 
So, uh, Brother Bishke, what do you what do you got going on? I'm very enthusiastic. I I love cult <laughs> documentaries. This one had the f- <laughs> the footage to make it, um, which is which is necessary. And uh, I almost always side with the cult. Like even in Wild Wild Country, I was I was I'm basically <laughs> on their side. They're out there trying to do it. They're doing an experiment. They're trying to get out of the normal day to day life society and, and really uh, do something new. So, yeah. and and the documentary sides with them too. And I think this is truly inspiring for the lodge community. Um, yes, I think uh, we need to find our wealthy patron Ed Ed Bass. Yes, right. <laughs> so That's what can, I was thinking. So we can take it to the next level. I think this is where's our billionaire. I think this is essential <laughs> viewing for every lodge member. In my opinion, I, I was very emotionally moved by seeing all the biospherians together 50 years down the road <laughs> and thought yes. of, thought of us late in life you know around yes. the table talking movies and and still keeping the lodge community together yes queen i i loved i loved it it's probably the best thing i've seen all year and i was Whoa. waiting i was Whoa. i was waiting for these nutrients well we haven't seen much good stuff this year <laughs> <laughs> i give it three Damn. three and a half three and a half strong bones and rec- rec- recommend everyone see it yes that's great and that's not going to quarantine bump up to four that's including a, a bump um, or what are you doing there <laughs> Four, I've never given out before, so I want to keep that streak going. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. Three and a half is still good, though. Really good. Uh, this is not a Saban Films joint no. by any means. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I I think I'm going to have to give it a three, though, uh, just because there's a bit too surface for me on just a few too many points. Like, I needed, I needed a, a little bit of a deeper dive some places and a bit shallower of a dive in others. I... I feel like we bring up Wild Wild Country, we bring up the Source family. It also reminds me of We Live in Public. It's another documentary that I highly recommend. Oh, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Same, same here. I definitely thought of that one. Yes. 90s, early 90s. Yes, early 90s, early internet is just, it's so tasty. It also reminds me of Big Brother, the TV show, which Mm. I don't think any of you watch. I can't talk to anybody about it because it's such a (laughs) dirty little secret obsession of mine. But it made me think of that a lot. And it also made me think about how, you know, a doc like this has so much footage to work with, which makes it good like if we didn't have any footage inside the biosphere what would this movie be yeah you know if we didn't have footage of that ship taken off we wouldn't have anything they'd have to animate it or something but think about what's going on right now like the the wild shit that's happening right now and Mm -hmm. think about all of the footage that they are going to have of all the crazy shit that's going on could you imagine like 10 years from now some genius getting his hands on every bit of cell phone footage from inside the white house. And they just cut together like a documentary <laughs> ju- just from like it's, found footage. It's going to happen on Trump alone. We are going to have hundreds of documentaries. <laughs> we always talk about it. We're like, every time something fucked up happens, which is every day, you know, we're like, that's going to be one for the docs. That's one yeah, for the docs. It's, like, it's going to be in all the docs. It's going to be like the Sopranos meets King Lear, but on crack. <laughs> yes. But even even beyond just the crazy political documentaries we're about to find ourselves in the middle of, there's just going to be, you know, everybody's filming everything. So yeah. we, we have a golden age of documentaries coming up. All we need is for 
is for people to have the patience to put them together right, mm -hmm. which that's where the art comes in. Yeah. So, you know, I, I got to give it up for this. I, I was I was wondering how much footage that they had to sift through. <laughs> like how much how much footage did that crazy flexing doctor take in the biosphere and what did they decide to leave out like it it's it's a big feat to put together something like this and it was very engaging if not like edge of your seat engaging but mm. at the end of the day all it wants to do is make you think about the world and think about the earth and think about your role in it mm -hmm. like when we see these people this woman is like, I have a, a personal relationship with every living thing in that building. I, you know, whether I planted it or like, you know, brought it over from a from a different continent, like you are connected to your environment. And we yeah. are we are so far from that now. Yeah, we are it's... so far from from the Captain Planet ideal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That... So far from Earth Day 1991, man. Just, it's amazing. Yeah. So any sort of attempt to bring that back into the fold is admirable and definitely worth a look in my book. So three healthy calcium dense bones for me. <laughs> and it's on Hulu. This is on Hulu, folks. What's so. on Hulu? Okay. Mm. I paid Lamley some money. Uh, hopefully that. Yeah. Uh, Lodge, Lodge Master, may I add a footnote? Please. Uh, so I actually saw recently... Uh, another film by the same director, Matt Wolf, and uh, it, it touches on so many of the things that you just talked about as well, uh, but more on like the the media landscape end of things. Oh, great! I would recommend uh, your listeners to check it out. It's called Recorder: The Marion Stokes Story, and it's about this woman okay. who on VHS tape recorded nonstop for like thirty or forty years straight. Oh yeah, I television. heard about that. Yeah, yes. It's mm. and it's amazing. And it, it talks about all the things that you like just about how we engage with the world and like what media does and like how important yes. it'll be one day for like people in the future to look back, you know. In these times, you know, where where fiction is paling in comparison to <laughs> how crazy the truth is. Mm -hmm. Documentaries are going to be more and more important to our entertainment ingestion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to do more LodgeCast documentaries. It's my favorite genre that's currently in existence. Mm. Keep the bloodhounds out there sniffing for bones, for documentary bones. Yes. And uh, we'll, we'll keep bringing them back. And, you know, Dinesh has got to make another movie one of these days, so... That's money in the bank right there. <laughs> oh, Dinesh. Grandma's Neighbor, thank you so much for being on tonight. Thank you, sir. We loved having you. Thank you, Grandma's Neighbor. My pleasure and my honor. Stay safe, boys. <laughs> yes. Michelle, likewise. Be well. Love and light. Love and light. Love and light.